Hello there. So there's a time travel element happening here today. It's like Back to the Fucking Future. Fuck yeah. Is Christopher Lloyd still alive? Yes, as far as I know. He's so good. I love him. He was such a great actor. I love him in Clue. He, Christopher Lloyd was in Clue? Yeah. He plays Professor Plum in Clue. <gasps> no, wasn't he in uh fuck. Was he in that Fat Camp movie with Ben Stiller? Probably. I don't know. Which one? I haven't seen it. I, I feel like I kind of know what you're Flubber, talking about, but whatever it is. Bad. Oh, God, this is so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Where did Christopher oh, Lloyd no, no, come no. from? Oh, no. Back to the Future. That's what it was. There's another movie called Camp Nowhere. Okay. Where it's like kids made up a camp, and okay. he was the eccentric like adult leader. And Ben something. Stiller is in it, too? No, that was another one called oh. like Fat Camp. Oh, okay. Or it wasn't really called. Hold on. I have to Google this real quick because I'm going to like... <laughs> get in so much trouble for just calling someone something fat camp because it's like totally incorrect to um call something that christopher lloyd should be in star wars <laughs> i fucking love christopher lloyd he I has too. a twitter i think i followed it heavyweights got it that sounds right Remember that sounds that? right i have not seen it never seen that no that was like the kids that was such a joyful movie it came out in 1995 mm, yeah i should have seen it but no i didn't see it like there's sleepovers I went to. I feel like I've seen this movie a million times. Oh, maybe we can watch it at our sleepover. Yeah, we can watch that. Oh, we should also watch Spaceballs. Yes. And so when we have a sleepover, that'll be in the past when people are listening to this. Yes. So that's another time travel element. <laughs> so it's super confusing, y'all. It's Back to the Future type deal. Today is June 22nd. 22nd. Mm-hmm. You'll be hearing this on July 30th. Mm-hmm. So we're speaking to the future from the way past. Mm-hmm. I hope the future's cool. I hope there's flying cars. You think they'll be here by then? I just want a fucking hoverboard, man. Oh, cool. Um, wait, speaking of hoverboards, you know that they have scooters here in Chicago, right? Have you yeah, seen them? Yeah, fuck that shit. No? Not into it? I nope. want to try it. Sorry, nope. that was my drink. I want to oh, try it. I thought it. that was Wednesday chewing on that fucking bone. No, I was just fucking with my drink. My bad. Are you triple fisting? Is that your third drink that's over there? Why do you have Why do you have that too? One's water. Okay. This is jug wine with ice cube and a coffee mug. My favorite. I was drinking it earlier because I drink so much faster than you and I didn't want to like, I wanted to make sure that the champagne stuff I got was split equally. That's nice of you. Mm-hmm. Cool. You're so welcome. is there more of that left or? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because otherwise I would have taken the majority. Got it. Got but it. I want to make sure it's equal. That's nice. So I did that for you. Yeah. Yes. Because I have a water. The champagne shit, and then I'm about to finish off the jug wine with ice cubes. Yeah, good for you. Thank All you. All right, so back on topic. So we're time traveling um, because we are going to be physically traveling and, like, on vacations and shit at the end of July. So we can't actually record this episode when we normally would, which is, like, the weekend before it comes out because Alice is going to be in Japan, which is fucking cool. And I'm going to be in San Diego at Comic-Con. Uh, so we're just we got a bunch of fun shit coming up. We got to work around it. Sorry. Yeah. It's just alphabet squadron time. So yeah. 
you guys have enough fucking time to read it, hopefully, by now. And if you didn't, then too bad, because that's all this episode is going to be about. Exactly. Yeah, we put the prompt out there for questions today, and people are like, I'm not done with it yet. And we're like, yeah, we get it. And I mostly get that because I finished reading it roughly three hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) I've had very little time to process, but we're going to do this anyway. Fuck it. Yeah, that's good. So again, today is June 22nd. You'll be hearing this on July 30th. Mm-hmm. It's trippy. Mm-hmm. I get confused talking about it. Yeah. I don't even but know hey. Is. Oh, also, this is episode 15, by the way. Oh, yeah. Episode 15 of Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour. Alice, we talked about drinks a little bit, but uh, you've, you've talked about what you're drinking, which is like nine different drinks. I've just got my champagne over here. It's, uh, yeah. it's a Brut Blanc de Blanc. In our... Cups. White of the whites. I don't have ice in mine, so mine doesn't jiggle now. I feel like, so I love putting ice in wine, but I feel like you can't put ice in champagne. Yeah, it's not as ideal, I don't think, but that's okay. That's all right. Now, I, when I just swish it, it's just going to splash all over your bed. It's cool. Well, it's just not going to go clink, 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 clink mm-hmm. in the background like everyone's used to hearing. So if you came to this episode for that specifically, we are letting <laughs> for you the down. ice clinking. Yeah. Sorry, boo. Oopsies. <laughs> Our bad. Not. Okay. Uh, that's it for that. Housekeeping. Do we have any? No, because again, it's the it's the distant past. So I don't know what housekeeping we'll have at that time. I know that we'll have some guest spots coming up possibly in August by the time we get to August because I've been in contact with some people. You've been in contact with some people. So we're we're figuring shit out. Um, I don't, this might be the first you're hearing of it, but uh, Friends of the Force reached out to me about maybe doing a guest spot with us in August. And then we have the Living Force planned tentatively for August. And too. our Blue Bantha milk. So that'll be uh, that'll be in the be past, in right? Oh, no, is that that's going to be in August. We're recording that in July. That'll be premiering in August, too. Cool. So we have all sorts of shit. Yeah. We don't have a handle on any of it, but it's cool. <laughs> because it's so far in advance, and we never plan anything that no. far, except for Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Boom. Boom. The main topic Again, all we are talking about in this episode is besides our general witty banter and, you know, whatever irrelevant things we go off of is Alphabet Squadron. (laughs) Yeah. So at this point, if you have not read Alphabet Squadron, know that we don't know how to talk about books without spoiling them. So this is your time to bow out if you don't want to hear spoilers for book one of Alphabet Squadron. But if you do like what you hear, just hit that little five-star icon on iTunes anyway and then listen to the next episode. Yeah. Or an old episode. That's fine, too. Yeah. There's some good old ones out there. We just released episode 12 last week at the time we're recording this, and people really liked that one, and that made us really happy that people really liked that one because we also really liked it. Yeah. I think we're, like, hitting our stride. Yeah. This is great. I, I totally dig. So. All right. We're talking, about, we're talking about Alphabet Squadron today, released uh, June 11th, 2019. In to, the U.S.? To the world, um, or to the U.S. specifically. It was released to our friends in Australia a little earlier, released to our friends in the U.K. a little later. But that was written by Alexander Freed. He's done a lot of video game stuff. He didn't do the Rogue One novel. Oh, he did. Right? Yes, he okay. did do the Rogue One uh, novelization you're totally right but he's done a lot of work in star wars the old republic um he did a lot of video game writing for them so mm-hmm. if you're into that stuff which i have not gotten into um or ever ever mm-hmm. taken part in unfortunately have you gotten any of the old republic stuff any of the games anything like that no but i feel like i should download knights of the old republic i think i can get it on ps4 has like a like a 
there i'm confused about ps4 still but i think there might be a way to get it yeah 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 i don't know okay yeah so i guess before diving into the plot maybe what laura are your overall thoughts of the book sure um my overall thoughts in general were very positive i think um as we always do i have some nits if you've listened to this show before, you probably know by now that my favorite character in Star Wars is Harrison Dula, and she makes an appearance in this, and I have some opinions on how she's portrayed. But overall, I have I enjoyed this book. It was really fun. Um, for me personally, it's a fun read. It's a quick read when you're not trying to scramble to get through it, um, and you just have a busy week at work and all that stuff like I did. So I had I did have to power through it a little bit. I wish I could have absorbed a little more but that's okay I'll definitely read it again because I very much enjoyed it um and I bought the audiobook and have started listening to that a little bit too and I'm I'm enjoying that as well so um how about you what are, what are your thoughts on this how did you think of it how did you perceive it how do you how do you like it? how it fits in the canon and shit so I overall really liked it and I think part of it is because I had no expectations going in if it hadn't been for you and maybe also because of this podcast but if it hadn't been for you I wouldn't have bothered even thinking about reading it really yeah because I don't care like I've never cared about the squadron books at all you're not in Star Wars for space battles so like even with the movies not your jam not what you're there for really they're fine they can be fun but it's more like in a book version just reading here's a squadron we're on an army fight like Let's go. I'm like, well, there's so many stories that are comparable even in history that that you'll see a lot of just like, oh, we're going to go fly airplanes. Here's mm-hmm. Top Gun or whatever that I, I never really cared for them. But again, I knew I had to read it because of you. Because <laughs> so. I was very excited to read this book. <laughs> and also, you know, we need stuff to talk about on our podcast relevant stuff the stuff that's in the news we're gonna get like bombarded with books this year so this is like we didn't intend for this podcast to become like a star wars novels podcast but it's very much become like alice and laura's book club (laughs) which (laughs) pretty much yeah kind of funny um but yeah it i i really enjoyed it i've not read the battlefront 2 book you've played battlefront 2 but you've not read that book either right correct yeah because again just like not not your interest. And even in this book, the space battles weren't really what I was there for, personally. They, I enjoyed them. They were very well written, and they mostly held my attention. But I'm like, it wasn't my favorite part of the story. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's only so much I can visualize with a space battle. Whereas yeah. when you have, like, two characters talking to each other and, like, doing actionable things... There's so many more ways that you can describe and imagine it, but maybe that's just me because I haven't, you know, like even for trivia, you know how I am. I'm like, ship stuff. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, But anyway, yeah, I had no expectations going in. I wasn't really looking forward to reading it, and I thought it was great. Good. That's cool. Yeah. Top Gun in space a little bit. I guess. I don't even remember the movie Top Gun except the guy named Goose. I think he died. Yeah, he dies. Spoiler alert for Top Gun. (laughs) The 40 year spoiler alert. Goose dies. (laughs) You feel the need for speed, yo. All right. I like it. (laughs) There's the homoerotic beach volleyball scene in that in the movie, too. We don't get any of that in Alphabet Squadron, unfortunately, but maybe maybe book two. We'll see. So let's see. Um. As far as timeline of the novel, it's 
a couple of months after the Battle of Endor. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. We're starting off meeting Erica Quell, the book's protagonist, and she mentions that she's been on this New Republic sort of prison for about a month or so. And then we learn that the Battle of Endor was maybe a month or so before that. So Yeah, it's called Traitor's Remorse. Mm -hmm. And is it actually on Endor? No, I don't think so. I think it's a base somewhere not on Endor. I don't I don't know. For some I, reason I was thinking it was on Endor. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they would have been more explicit about that, but yeah, I don't I don't think it is. But it's the uh, the aptly named Traitor's Remorse. At the time that Erica Quell shows up there, they have already received the sort of first round of Imperial defectors, and she's kind of in the second round of people that have defected from the Empire. And they're not necessarily all defectors, though. Aren't some just captives? Um, had to defect by default. Yeah, it's maybe a mix. I feel like they use the word defectors specifically in it in in the first couple chapters, but I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. There are former imperial people on this um, on this base that have been taken prisoner. I have a sidebar. Yeah, is it weird to you that empire is spelled with an e at the beginning, but imperial is spelled with an i? No, that's just how words work. I don't know. That's just how the words are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's something yeah. that's been getting to me. I thought maybe you would know, but yeah, no, I don't know. That's just, uh, I don't know, the Latin for dictator. I don't know. <laughs> but but empires with an I, imperial. I mean empire. Blah. Yeah. Reverse that. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Okay. Who cares? End of conversation. Yes. So they're at Trader's Remorse, and it's a prison camp. Clearly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She's hanging out, and they all have to talk to a therapist. Which is, like, kind of cool because her therapist is a former ITO interrogator droid. So if you don't know what that is from trivia, um, it's the droid that sticks Leia with the syringe in A New Hope that's, like, the torture droid. That is the little, the spherical floating ball. That's what we're talking about is this ITO droid is her therapist and that is just like so funny to me (laughs) and she's a woman voice yes oh yeah and ito is a is so i guess programmed to be yeah which we didn't realize or i didn't realize until laura was telling me because she'd read the audiobook or read you can't read an audiobook fuck me because she was listening to the audiobook yeah so very clever yeah ito is interesting i like her as a character she like means well and Erica Quell is just kind of a bitch to her the entire book which is I would be too I know which I like she understandably is is like not openly you know she's not super into this idea of having to like see this therapist yeah I mean therapy is for some people and really needed and valuable but I don't know to me when I go to therapist I'm like oh god damn it, why did I do this? Oh, I think therapy is for everyone. <laughs> Star Wars is for everyone and therapy should be for everyone. Everyone should be required to I think go. therapy should be available for everyone, but it's not for me. Hmm, gotcha. Nope. But it's this is an interesting droid who, who appears throughout the book. She's not just in the beginning, but she's sort of the personal droid of Karen. What's his fucking last name? Aiden. <laughs> of course. Um, she's the 
she's the personal droid of Karen Aiden. So she sort of reports to him um, in this droid sees I think a handful of patients but it's it's just interesting because I just I'm really I kind of want to get like I want the backstory of ITO like I want to know how long she's been doing this I want to know how long she's been like when would she program she's a very like sentient sort of being like seems very aware she is because I never thought of those as talking I thought no. of them more as functional yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's weird but yeah, she's very much a, a talking droid and, very, and trying very hard to actually help, it seems. Um, but yeah, she gets sort of shot down a lot just because um, yeah. Erica's a bitch, which I kind of well, love. Also HIPAA violations galore. Yeah, I know, because she's probably like <laughs> reporting to she Aiden is. about like all of the stuff she's finding out. And I'm like, um, okay, so HIPAA is not a thing in Star Wars and that's fine. The, uh, but whatever. Yeah, healthcare information protection. for I say what I want. It's our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Suck a dick. Okay. So, yeah. So, she meets him. and But, like, before she meets him, she's just kind of hanging out in this camp. She's watching all the new troops, former troops come in and get processed and all that shit. And um, she basically sits down and has a conversation with him. And they he pitches her his ultimate objective, which is that he wants to find and neutralize Shadowing, which is the 204th unit of the Imperial Fleet. Um, which is it's like assassin tie fighters it's like the kill bill crew of tie fighters yes yeah they're the they're the ultimate enemy to beat they're they're the objective in this book so they are uh just to kind of go through the plot here before they can go through and or before they can actually try and start the search for shadowing or i guess kind of while maybe Aiden is searching for shadowing he needs he ne- he needs Erica to put together a crew, basically mm-hmm. for this for this job. So with her inside information, yeah. So she's a former member of Shadow Wing. She was a Tie Fighter pilot in the Empire for this particular wing. So she's got a little inside knowledge. She's gonna try and take advantage of that. Totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she meets up with Kairos, who is one of the ultimately ends up as being one of the members of Alphabet Squadron. And they hop in Kairos's U-Wing. They fly to, where are they going? They're going to Entropian Hive, whatever that means. Sure. And they are going to retrieve Nath Tencent. And if you were following the Del Rey Star Wars tweets, you would know that he's the uh, he's the hottie that they're going to track down. I didn't picture him as a hottie. Really? His picture, he was a hot. He was a hot. He was a hot? Yeah. In his picture, I thought that they really... He was a hot. I thought he was hot. According um, to Borat. I'm into it. He was a hot. <laughs> he was a hot. Not a hut, a hot. And he... <laughs> I don't know. I was I was into him. But they they go and get him, and it's basically... I don't know. It's a whole thing where she gets, like... He kind of finds her and knocks her out, and then asks her questions, and it's blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's basically how we meet Nath and how we meet Kairos initially. Yeah. Well, also, Tencent, you can kind of tell that he... Well, clearly he has a very rebellious streak because mm-hmm. he was in the Empire and had his whole, his whole like, Thai squadron around him, and they all defected at the same time. And this planet they're on, they were basically doing smuggling or illegal activities for-ish. Yeah, they were, like, working with pirates to, like, sort of help escort these pirates and these smugglers and their yeah. and their stuff just to like something, make money something yeah something where they're making big bucks and then they got caught in the crossfires of 
shadowing and everyone died except for him yeah so he has like this mission to destroy what destroyed all of his friends he's got a sort of a vengeance plot that he's he's going for so he's the sole survivor of his squadron as well so the two of i guess the three of them so now it's kairos and erica and tencent head back to the hellions dare which is a no no i'm sorry they're not going to the hellions dare they're going to the buried treasure which is like the ship that aiden's on it's like a cargo shuttle forgot all of those names yeah Thank you. yeah there's some interesting <laughs> ship names in this book but the hellions dare is the ship that our other two characters that ultimately end up in alphabet squadron uh they are the two of them are part of squadrons that are based out of the hellions dare which is a big oh now new republic yeah like sort of capital ship so this is where we meet will lark and chase nachatic so they're coming from a planet that the empire kind of was really into because it has a lot of resources and they're trying to escort a freighter of some sort with supplies Mm -hmm. to a rebel base Mm -hmm. but then they get into this issue where shadowing keeps finding them and attacking them and picking them off like one at a time so you have this juxtaposition of like erica being like okay i have to do a job i've got to find this guy and like make him like come be friends with me so aiden isn't pissed and i don't go back to the camp and then there's a side story of like all of these they're kids pretty much yeah right? or it seems like well, they're kids will is very young i think they say that at one point that he's 19 years old yeah I and like i'm not Chess sure is very young yeah too. i'm not sure how old Chess is but it's not much older yeah they're basically just trying to Make sure a ship gets somewhere with supplies okay, and they're just constantly chased by shadow wings. Everyone starts dying and getting picked off one at a time, and then eventually the only people left are Will and Chas. They're the only two starfighters left. Yes. Um, so uh, they're in the orbital cluster. I didn't actually look up how that's pronounced, so I don't know. No idea. Um, but it's basically like a hyperspace-ish route that is like sort of unstable and stormy so they they go through like a series of battles with shadowing and it they end up having to sort of leave their big carrier ship behind and they have to escape um because their their ship gets damaged beyond repair and they just have to they got to bail out Mm -hmm. so will flies a a wing an a wing Chas flies the B wing, mm-hmm. which I never really appreciated B wings. I all. still don't because in this book, when they're talking about her, in the big battles that take place in this book, I can't follow at all what is happening in the B wing. I just am like, wait, what? Well, now? I think it's because it does like twisty. Yeah, it has like a it's basically like a an arm. Yeah, that can yeah. kind of swing three hundred and sixty degrees around. All I picture are those B wing bombers from the beginning of the Last Jedi. Yeah. And how lame they were. Yeah. I mean, they were lame as fuck. Yeah. Right? Well, there's that episode of Rebels that Hera's in when she she's the one who brings the B-Wing to the Rebellion. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. She's in it, and she is basically the first person that ever gets to fly a B-Wing in the Rebellion. And it's it's a very Hera-centric episode, so I, I really enjoy it. But it's a... Uh, even in that, like, the B-Wing is, like, bizarre. It's just... I don't know. It is very confusing, but I was impressed by what it seemed like it could do because again all our members in the last jedi everyone just being like boop 
boop, boop, yeah. boop, 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 boop. <laughs> let's move real slow. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's drop it. Oops. Yeah, but the B wings aren't quite as like nimble or as fast, I don't mm-hmm. think, as like an A wing would be. So we've got the A wing, the B wing. We've got Erica Quellens up in the X wing. We've got Nath Tencent in the Y wing, yes. and then we've got Kairos in a U wing. Hence, Alphabet Squadron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. So we're meeting the first. We're meeting all of our characters in the first couple of chapters. We ultimately get. Out of the orbital cluster, where uh, where Will and Chas escape from, they end up teaming up. I think ult- I don't know if I can't remember if they team up with the buried treasure or if they team up with Harris ship, the Lodestar. But either way, the whole group comes together. I think, I think they meet up with Aiden and all of those people. Yeah, first, first, okay, because they're like, oh my god, is everyone okay? And it, it's a smaller group. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so it's probably on the, the I could just treasure. be joking. Yeah, who knows? I don't but know. I, th- I think it's there, and then they're all together because their ships have to be fixed before they bring it to Harris' ship. Yeah. We're going through all of this because I I got some of the feedback when we put the prompt out to questions for, for some of our friends and listeners who said that, like, the beginning of the book's kind of slow, and it is. You're meeting the characters. You're having to get introduced to these, like, five, six new people that are sort of the lead characters of this book. So it's a little bit of a slow start. Um, and there's a lot to remember and a lot to uh, to sort of memorize. And all of their names are spelled weird. So, <laughs> so here we are. Um, it's rough. But eventually they make it to the Lodestar, a.k.a. I think they're also referred to as the Barma battle group that they meet up with. And that's Harris hmm. flagship. Uh, eventually they, they ditch the buried treasure and the whole group ends up on her ship. And then Aiden's sitting down and having to s- have a meeting with Hera about whether or not she's willing to sort of take them on as yeah. as a squadron or let them like live on her ship. And if they're going to live on her ship, they've got to obey her rules and they've got to do the, keep. Yeah, the missions that she assigns to them, which is a little bit of like bullshit busy work. But, you know. Yeah. And I mean, he's also just pissed off in general that he has to... To Aiden, he's kind of, he's really pompous. Yes. Like, he's so full of himself. He's like, this is my mission. Like, my precious. Yeah. He's very, like, self-important. Yeah. And he's also trying to keep this hidden from the New Republic because the New Republic is starting to kind of try to ban any military warfare. Well, yeah. As opposed to not military warfare. Well, yeah. If you if you remember back, if you've read the aftermath series, you may remember that Chan, who is now the Chancellor Mon Mothma, is trying to demilitarize the New Republic. So this idea of going after Shadow Wing is not by any means a priority for anyone except Aiden, who is an intelligence officer and understands that if they can take down Shadow Wing, they can prevent a lot of further bloodshed um, and battles with the the remaining the remnants of the empire he sucks i think he's a total douche fuck he is a douche fuck but he was a former journalist which is interesting i thought that was a little interesting oh, tidbit that. about him yeah he was like working as a journalist before he sort of got i think in in trouble for you know i don't know kind of going rogue and having his credentials wiped yeah he's a total douche fuck so it comes like Basically, Alphabet Squadron, the name, comes as a joke because everyone else 
it's all these very specific fighter squadrons on the ship. Well, and most of them are X and Y wings. There's not a lot of variation besides those on, yeah, on, the, but they're, on the Lodestar. But they're like gelled groups, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they start joking, calling them the Alphabet Squadron. And like resources are low. They're kind of just poked fun at a lot. And then eventually, let's see, Erica gets kind of assigned as the leader mm-hmm. of the squadron and she's like but why and <laughs> but why but, but why <laughs> me huh so it's interesting and in that she doesn't know how to handle people because she keeps in her mind she's only thinking of how the empire works and yeah. how like surgical it is yeah when they do anything how it's like someone says this clean done Someone does this, that. If anyone doesn't do exactly what is prescribed, you're gone. Yeah. There's no improvisation in the Empire at all. So it's very, like, assigned and very type A and very strict and militarized. Yeah. And the there's a lot of comparisons to the, the between the Empire and the Rebel Alliance where they're talking about how the the in the Rebel Alliance pilots are valued and in the Empire, like, pilots are very expendable. Um, and then there's there's talk of, you know, how improvisation and rule breaking is very welcomed in the Rebel Alliance. Pretty much there are no rules. And with the Empire, you're getting thrown in a military prison if you're breaking any rules or improvising. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of comparisons that sort of put it in perspective in this book. And it's very cool. Wasn't it in one of them they said that, like, an eight month stint was long in shadowing yeah. yeah in shadowing eight months is a long time to be a member of shadowing I because just either eight out of my ass but something like that no i think you're right because like either people die or they move on to a different sort of i don't know a different squadron or something or a different unit so erica 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 who cares it doesn't matter um <laughs> whatever fuck it mm-hmm. you are you guys all know what I mean. So she's just having a hard time adapting and, like, gelling. And she doesn't understand the concept, really, of a bond, yeah, I don't think. of having to bond with her squadron because she comes from a world where pilots are expendable. So mm-hmm. she doesn't really care <laughs> about, like, oh, I need to, like, get to know these people. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. She's like, here's a mission. I'm going to tell them what they do. They're going to follow it. And then we're going to be done. But that's not how it works in the Rebellion, and it's definitely not how that works with this crew, who most of them were in the Rebellion or New Republic or, you know, except Nath Tencent, who just kind of went rogue. I mean, I guess he was, was he kind of officially part of the Rebel Alliance for like four years? Because it was around the Battle of Yavin that he and his squadron defected from the empire i feel like they just left and went straight to go do pirate shit yeah so who knows really how long he's been <laughs> yo ho he... yo ho a <laughs> bottle of rum for me fuck yeah and mm-hmm. me i want some mm-hmm. i bet rum and champagne would be disgusting as fuck oh that would be fucking gross why did you just say that that's gross or would it let's find out yeah we'll try it i don't have rum here oh. we'll I try sh- it one day not today sure today is not that day to quote Aragorn from Wednesdays over here just staring at me. Oh, Aww. now we're now we're snuggling. Oh, yay. Good. It's one of her favorite hobbies. Yeah. Snuggling in Laura's lap. Oh, it's fun. Oh. <laughs> oh, sweet baby. Yeah. So, Erica's trying to get used to flying an X-Wing because that is her designated 
starfighter now. Mm-hmm. She's also trying to get used to flying with uh, an astromech droid as part of the deal because she's not used to that in a TIE fighter. Which is so sweet. It's so sweet. Her droid oh is God. so cute. His name's D6 and he's the best. I love him too. I know too. I love Spoiler alert. Droids. He dies. <laughs> I can put him back together. I hope so because I love him. He's a sweet baby angel. I know. Um, uh. Okay, so Outfit Squadron. They get assigned a bunch of like busy work and stupid missions and they guess what they don't go well um, <laughs> so they they kind of get sent back to like all right your mission sucked and they failed so now you have to go fly around in like a flight simulator which sucks because nobody wants to be in a flight simulator because it is bullshit and busy work yeah it'll give you motion sickness yeah if you're alice you can't fly in that shit because i'm gonna vomit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i get that Fuck that. Anyhow. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Alphabet's question. So eventually they get uh, they get sick of doing the simulator shit and they end up going to Abinetto, I think is how it was pronounced in the in the Sure. Yeah, the book. So there are Abinetto aliens in The Last Jedi. Um, that's like Poe's friend in The Last Jedi, if you recall. There's like an alien he talks to you quite a few times in that and he's like hugging him at the end of Last Jedi. He's an Abinetto. Um, mm. But anyway, they go to the they go to the planet um, to investigate if there are still any Imperial forces hiding on the planet. They've gotten some intelligence that says that there might be. So they head down there, and basically the mission ends in disaster. They end up taking a former stormtrooper sergeant into custody on Kyrus's Ewing, and getting that person off planet successfully. But there's an entire ship of, like, smuggled former Imperials that gets shot down. And yeah. it's kind of Erica's fault. And so she kind of feels like shit about it. And that's a whole nother mission that now has gone poorly, which sucks for Alphabet Squadron. They're hitting, we're hitting a lot of walls with with Alphabet Squadron. It's, it's most of this book does not go well for them, no. <laughs> to be honest. No, yeah, not at all. So when they get back, she gets hair ashamed. Mm-hmm. She gets hella hair ashamed. I would do anything to get hair ashamed. She's she like, do you know how many people died on that freighter? And Erica's she's like, like 16. 16. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we remembered the same number. Uh-huh. We could do, do trivia on this. 16 Oh my god, did you write died. any did you write any trivia for that? I have trivia from like an old one. I like did not write any trivia for that. Okay, I have trivia for like that I was going to use last week yeah. until Anthony sends the voicemail. Yeah. I'll I'll come up with some it's all good, but it's okay. going to be on the it's going to be on the fly. Fuck. <laughs> okay. All right. So, they get back from another mission failed. Mhm. And everyone's like, oh, fuck, you guys suck. Aiden's, like, throwing a shit fit because he's like, no, my project, I can't be lost. Nah. This is one of my favorite parts of the book because Erica punches him. <laughs> <laughs> a badass. Which he totally deserves because he's such a dick. And he's, like, totally. A mega dick. Yeah, he's, like, totally pressing her buttons. So he, he full on asks for it. But the, uh, so, yeah, he gets punched. And basically, Hera goes to find her, and she's like, hey, you punched that guy. Good for you. Let's have a talk. And so they have a talk about um, leadership and shit. And so Hera actually sort of rewards this um, 
failed mission with another mission where it's kind of busy work, but it ends up being very helpful to the Alphabet Squadron where There's they are sent to it. Yeah, they are sent to go retrieve supplies from an old hidden rebel base um, so that the supplies aren't stolen by pirates or whatever. But the supplies are actually hidden on some, you know, whatever planet that the the supplies are in like a Jedi temple a former yeah. Jedi Temple, which is kind of cool. I'm like, oh. It, so there's this whole sort of cool scene where they're like in this Jedi Temple and there's like weird visual phenomena happening. Yeah, I really liked this scene. I did and, too. You know, I know that you're displeased with the amount of Hera we mm-hmm. saw, but I thought what we did see, I could picture her facial expressions. I could picture her saying the things she did. And, like, I could picture her walking around. I felt like I could picture Hera perfectly with how she was written. That's great. No, that's good. That's And that speaks to, I think, how good the writing is in this book. And it speaks yeah. to, I think, how close he got to sort of nailing it with this character. I personally don't think that all of it was good. I have some specific nits I might get into later. There are some specific parts that I'm just like, that is not anything that this character would ever say which actually it one of them is right after this mission which ends up being very successful they get all the supplies out and they actually spend a lot of time in this particular chapter like telling their stories the pilots are sort mm-hmm. of bonding with each other and they're telling a story sort of about them and they're getting to know each other and it's very cool even Kairos like gets in on this like she sort of tells her story in this very strange abstract way um, and comes back and they're all much better closer and they've bonded and it you except know. for erica except for erica who wasn't there while they were telling their stories she was like off doing her own thing on this mission yeah. which she had good intentions for and she sort of bonds with her astromech droid at this part which is sort of cool but she's not part of the whole bonding experience between the squadron but she comes back and everybody else is bonded and hera is very happy about that and hera has this specific comment where she's just like yeah you lo- well let me find it what the fuck does she say because it made me so oh see i thought she was very well done she was very well done for the most part there's one part where she she's sort of patting herself on the back after this specific mission saying you haven't lost your touch Hera, and that's not something that i ever i don't i don't see that character ever doing that Hera never i feel like he didn't he didn't quite nail it for me personally he got as close as anyone else has ever gotten okay that's fair because well, you know me. I've seen all of Rebels. Mm-hmm. I've seen some episodes more than once. Have you read A New Dawn? I listened to A New Dawn uh-huh. when I was doing dog walks when I was yeah. unemployed. Yeah. Um, but I, to me, because I'm not so attached or, like, never paid, like, insane amounts of attention to her. Because yeah. Rebels, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. Well, and that's, and that's it. fine. Not everybody that's, is like me where they've. The, yeah. This is the character that I'm, f- the, my favorite character in Star Wars that I'm obsessed yeah. with and that I pay a lot of attention to. You know, to me that's the difference. Yeah, it yeah. has someone who knows Hera more. Let's say casually. more casually. Yeah, but no, I think that's casually ish. Yeah. To me, it seems like I can picture her saying, I can picture like her eye movement, like her doing a little wink. You know, I can picture all of these things that are going through her head, especially now that she's a mom on top of things. Yeah, which is not mentioned even once in this book, I which I also have a problem with. Where's baby Jason? Yeah. Um, Chopper is also not mentioned in this book in this book once, which fucking sucks because Nath Tencent's 
droid is a C1 droid. His name's T5, but he's a C1 droid. He's the same type of droid as Chopper. And he's a fucking asshole, and I love him so much. The droid is such a, like, jerk, and I just love it. Maybe Chopper's babysitting Maybe. I just hate that Jason's not mentioned at all, that, like, none of them are mentioned at all. I mean, like, Chas reminds me very much of Sabine. And she's, like, it just weirds me out that, like, it's not, Sabine's not mentioned at all. Like, it's just, it's just weird. It's just yeah. weird. So I had a couple of questions about this temple, though. Like, yeah. do you think it is a temple that she had gone to with the ghost crew? Like a temple she was aware of and she knew kind of the magical things that happened in the morning, like they saw? Because yeah, I don't know. When they when they were there pulling all the shit out, whatever. And Chas, who maybe had, I don't, I don't remember what her species or race was, but she felt something there that was mystical or force, maybe slight force sensitivity. Did they mention that? Because Kairos is the one that walks in there first. So Chas was, when she walked in, she kind of went and like stood against a wall or a tree trunk or something. Like she was feeling something. Oh, that's something. right. She was like looking at the, the um, there was like sort of carvings or something on the wall too. Yeah, there was something where she just got kind of like a chill because they made a point of saying that Will noticed Chas looking kind of like, yeah, you know. So yeah. I'm wondering if she's maybe slightly force sensitive, kind of like Maz Kanata. Yeah, Chas felt something there immediately, and you know everyone's doing their business, and then there was the point where it was sometime in the morning, and the light in the temple kind of made all these stars or galaxy or something like what are those fucking things called you know where you can put in a room and it like spins with the lights and plug it in oh yeah i know what you're talking about where it has like stars spinning on the wall and stuff yeah, yeah i know i know i don't know but i know what you're Not, talking about like a spinny light bright and sure. uh sure a spinny light bright mm-hmm. and i don't remember who was narrating what it was but it was like oh this is what it was this is what it was when like before the empire started oh, it was here's will. during the empire here's yeah. after the empire okay yeah will so had the like foresight or whatever to understand what was going on yeah so that was really cool but i think it did show that like chas actually felt something and mm-hmm. like kind of like quivered away in a bit yeah so that was interesting but like when they came back, Hera's like, oh, you didn't go into the temple? I was hoping you would. There's something there. So I'm thinking, like, maybe that was a temple they went to in Rebels. Maybe. Somehow. I don't remember the planet name, but Hera, like, clearly knew that there was something like that they would see. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. So, like, I'm really curious if there was a point in Rebels that had something to do with that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I feel like a lot of times they went, every time they went to a planet, they named it in in Rebels, but I don't remember, um, I don't remember the name of it in this book either. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, the also nice thing about this whole trip is everyone gave, except for Erica, because she was up, like, manning the watch, because they thought they heard ships like Fly smugglers above. flying by that yeah. would maybe try to raid the temple yeah. too. Yeah. So she went up and we got a little bit of history of everyone. So we had uh what was Nath Tencent's history? Was it just about him being in the Empire and switching over, I think? I think so, yeah. 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 And then Chas's 
her story was about when she met Jenna or so. Yeah. Before she knew about Jenna or so and how she's like, she's kind of all about everyone should know who Jenna or so was because she's a badass and not everyone does. And she was so kind to me when I met her. And like, well, and it was like before Jenna or so was ever part of the Empire, she saved Chas in like some different situation, unrelated situation altogether like, saved her from gangsters on some planet, just for no reason. Like, I mean, she had no reason to do anything to help this strange woman, and she did. So, sort of speaks to how Jenner, so, you know, she was a good person from the yeah, start. Yeah, she meant a lot and has, like, a female, um, what the fuck word am I looking for, Laura? Not Role model? Yes. Yeah. Has a female <laughs> role model. Um and has one who, like, really nailed it as being for the rebellion or against the empire, however you want to word it. Yeah. That Jen Erso is that person. She, like, the way Chas described what happened, you know, she knew exactly what happened. She got those Death Star plans down, and then she, like, sat and, like, watched herself get fucking obliterated by a Death Star practice blow. Yeah. You know, so lots of respect there. And then we see Kairos, who doesn't really speak, but we know she can. Yeah, because every time she does, I would get chills. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love Kairos. I mean, I just kept thinking of Kenobi when the te- the like lead Tuscan Raider would talk. Because it was like a very like creepy, breathy, just like randomly saying shit. Really? Type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know Kenobi's not canon. But well, there's whatever. the whole Tuscan Raider story in From a Certain Point of View. And I read it recently, but I, I wish I would have gone back and reread it just to get some of the specifics of how this had gone. Because, yeah, there's that's still my suspicion that Kairos is a, is a Tuscan Raider, but she's wearing these, like, they t- describe her as wearing these wraps around her arms mm-hmm. and around her whole body. And then, like, leather, and then she's got this, like, very, like, scary sort of looking helmet on that has a visor, and I don't know. But she does speak every once in a while in a sort of robotic voice. Yeah, and I mean, that's what Tuscan Raider, well, again, I'm going by Kenobi, but their whole thing was to, like, wrap themselves in bandages to protect them from the sun. I don't remember, like, what happened to them or if there was some weird curse or something, but... That to me is what really made it Tuscan Raidery. New word, Tuscan Raidery. Yeah. But she tells her story too, and it's just this really sort of moving moment where she like, it's almost like it came off as like performance art or something for yeah. me because she's like throwing dust in the air and then making shapes in the dust or something as it falls. I don't know. It was it was strange. It was very strange. I was trying to follow it and think like is she drawing twin suns like from Tatooine? And then I just kind of gave up thinking about it. But the one person who's receptive enough to really get it was Will. Yeah. Yeah. He's very much a gentle soul. Yeah. So what do you think of his backstory? He is a sweet baby angel that must be protected at all costs and I love him so much and his backstory is so interesting because he comes from this very peaceful planet and there are like sort of elders and tribes and it's just it just sounds like a very like peaceful gentle way of life they talk about how he sort of rides these like 
beasts that are native to their land that almost sort of sound like horses or something. Did they ever name them? Yeah, there there's a name for them, but I don't remember what they are. But they, he like learns to ride these beasts and tame these beasts, and that's how he sort of gets into flying. But they also sort of talk about how there's this like concept of like when the rebellion was really getting going, his planet decided to rebel against the empire and send a sort of tribute from every village to be pilots mm-hmm. because this planet's known for producing very good pilots because all of these people learn how to ride these beasts, and that's sort of, I think, it must somehow translate. So eventually they, they send all these tributes, which sounds cool because it's it's like Hunger Games, right? Like it sounds very like Hunger <laughs> totally. Games-y where like some people volunteer and then they have to sort of battle to get the yeah. I don't know. It was cool. There's a yeah. whole side story there that we could totally get like a whole side book that's like basically Hunger Games in space. Awesome. We're not we're not gonna get it, but it's it's an option that's out there if Or I a like. good comic. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it's like, all right. The Empire came, they said they're just going to do that, but they're smocking up our area. Let's go through all these mystical, magical, tiny channels yep. and say, hey, you help us. We'll give you, like, what was it, like 120? Yeah. Um, pilots. Pilots. Yeah. To help you. So they made this trade-off because it was a very, like, mystical type culture. Yeah. It seems like. But yeah, Will Lark is a sweet baby angel. If he dies in this series, I'm going to pitch a fit. Yeah, I didn't really connect to him that much. Really? Yeah, I just kind of was like, uh, okay. Like, he, I feel like he came from, like, the Care Bear world. Yeah. <laughs> Care Bears meets Hunger Games. That's exactly uh, what he is. Care Bear stare. Uh-huh. No, I felt like he kind of came from like this Care Bear world, and he's like, "I'm gonna fight and then go home." Yeah, and then <laughs> he like, sorry, that was funny. Did that? Yeah, thank you. He <sighs> just keeps saying like, "Oh, I guess I'm not going home today." Ah, oh, darn it! Dagnabbit. <laughs> like, it. Will would never swear. He would never be like, "Ah, oh, no. fuck." He'd be like, "Ah." Oh, Gee whiz, gee whiz, dang Golly gee, Hera, I just want to go home. <laughs> oh, fiddle dee. He's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and then when I plan today, fiddle dee. Uh. But yeah, they all tell their stories. And can I just say that every time it's like they do the thing where every time before they tell their stories, they go, this is her story. And I, every time they did it, I was just like, dun dun. <laughs> like, I would just hear the law and order noise. Um, we should yeah. insert the sound effect of the law and order noise. No, here. we should just insert. Dun, dun. <laughs> do it, do it. That sucks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun. That sucks. Sorry. Okay, yeah. perfect. But I That's don't... how they introduce everyone's story. I know, but I, I still don't fully get what we were supposed to get out of Kairos' story. That it was very brief and very bizarre, and I just don't, I don't understand. I, I don't know. Did you get anything out of it? When I read it, I remember reading the word that she brought a handful of sand to draw in, and that, that to me, I was like, Tuscan. But you got dirt. Yeah, I think it was like dirt or dust. I feel like, because I was looking for the word sand too, because I wanted it to be sand that so that I would really be, be right. hard to collect a lot of dust like that. I mean, not Or in my sand. House. <laughs> like in my house under that stool, it's very dusty. Like I have a good dust bunny there, but you can't really draw on a dust bunny. My sister is like um, a like slave driver and I we have to clean our apartment like all the time because she... So basically, if she came over here, she would die. Yeah, probably. Okay. She makes us clean our apartment anytime, like, somebody's coming over, and I'm just like, do we have to? So Rose is not allowed at my house because she 
be too upset. Yeah. All right. Cool. So they tell all their stories. They get all back to uh, whatever. They do their job and they travel together back to Hera's ship. Mm-hmm. But now we start getting these interludes. Mm-hmm. And the interludes to me are very like Chuck Wendig-ish. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always what I think of too. They just seem stupid and pointless. Oh, you didn't like them? I kind of liked them in this because they because Chuck Wendig uses them very liberally, especially in his first book. And these were used very selectively. I mean, they were only probably five. Yeah. I mean, they tops. were used selectively and it was about the same person. Yeah. But the general like concept of them that like, oh, here's a weird thing. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. That to me was Chuck Wendig ish. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, but the interludes are about a character named Devin, and we basically just meet him sort of in his travels um, from world to world. We don't know really what he's about, but at one point he's like training some local villagers how to protect themselves from like pirates or whatever. And then at another point he's just doing some bitch work on some planet. I don't. He works as a mechanic. So it's basically this random. I feel like he's this, like, dirty, old-ish guy who's, like, a mystery. He's like, oh, I'm going to help with this. Mm-hmm. Bye. I'm going to fix cars. Merp. Yep. And then just, like, hops planet to planet. Yep. And then, like, that's basically it about him. And it, it doesn't make any sense why he has his own little chapters. Yeah. Until the end. When Until it does. the end. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so, then getting back to the plot... The main plot. Our characters are back on the Lodestar and they are trying to decipher, they're trying to sort through all of the intelligence that they've gotten out of the Stormtrooper Sergeant they brought back from Abinetto. And they basically are now on their way to Pandem, I think it's Pandem Nye. That's how I said it. Yeah, and that's the name of the planet that they're heading to that is resource rich and it's fuel rich. And this entire, there's like a big battle sequence that ultimately takes place there. And isn't that also the planet that Will and Chas's like convoy took off from? Maybe, I think. Yeah, you could be right. Maybe. Okay, don't hold me to it. Yeah, I don't know. There are a lot of planet names in this book. It's a lot of stuff to keep track of. And they're totally irrelevant planet names, too. Yeah. Anywho, so the whole last bit is them planning the fight to go save Pandem Nye Mm -hmm. and stop the Imperials from being able to use it and take its resources. And they're also, the main objective is that they're supposed to destroy shadow wing who are located at pandem nigh and then the alternative is that or ultimately what happens is that should we just get into the battle sequence now is that we're talking about okay so ultimately what sort of happens because this battle sequence in the book lasts a really long time or at Mm. least it felt that way it lasted a really long time fucking forever yeah so the 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 whole thing is that it's part of it is a tabana gas mine which is the same sort of gas that Cloud City is mining on Bespin, and it's the same sort of gas, I think, at some point that's referenced in the Clone Wars, and in its raw form, it's extremely explosive and volatile yeah, and dangerous. it's referenced in one of the Thrawn books as well. Is it Got Tabana it. or Tabana? Tabana, Tabana, potato, potato, who knows? Isn't there a workout called Tabana? Not that I know of. You might know more than I do. I do yoga. End of list. Okay. 
Yeah, I think there's something. Whatever. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. So um, they're going to go rescue it and go on the special Alphabet Squadron mission. Mm-hmm. So they, they come up with this horrible plan that even Hera acknowledges this is a horrible plan. It's very dangerous. But she deals with it. Yeah. Erica comes up with it. Mm-hmm. Aiden's like, okay, go for it. Yep. And um, yeah, they go. They hop on the planet. They're like destroying TIE fighters like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And now Tencent has like his own special mission. Yeah, and I have a very I have a lot of questions about this. So Aiden told Nath, he's like, Yo, I have a special mission. You need to go like murder that bitch who's been in charge of shadowing and training them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I still want all the files on Erica. Yeah. He's like, I want her personnel file from the Empire. So you need to go steal that shit and also kill this bitch. Yeah, so he does both successfully. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the battle happens. I don't know if it's exactly good or not. There's just a lot of fighting. The end of it, you mean, or like the outcome? The outcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like Nath accomplishes his mission. Yes, he brings back the like personnel file on Erica and gives it to Nath. And ultimately, ev- everyone lives. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, Erica crash lands on the planet. Yeah. But they're kind of trying to, like, when they're blowing all this shit up, they're kind of trying to save the planet or the people on it. And or at I least don't really she know is. if they do. Yeah. They, they kind of do, it sounds like, for the most part. Because at the end, they've basically destroyed this gigantic, like, thing that's up in the sky. And it's starting to f- break apart and fall. And the gas is, like, exploding in the sky and creating this firestorm up in like the atmosphere of this planet and so will is trying to like keep the gas or something i think he's like trying to like i don't know what exactly he's doing just confused yeah he's like working with the like tie fighters to like keep the gas or something from destroying the people on the ground i don't know yeah something like that i don't even know if they end up saving them like i have no fucking clue what happened there's debris like falling and erica's down in her x-wing like closer to the surface of the planet she's blowing shit out of the sky so it doesn't destroy the like the settlements that are on the ground or on the surface, and she keeps, like, blowing shit up, but her ship is getting destroyed because stuff's falling on her, too, and then she crash lands. But, like, I don't know what, like, Chas is doing this entire time. She's just, like, fucking flying around in her B-wing, and I'm just, like, I, I could not follow it at all. I had a hard time following it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what... I, okay, I know they the objective that they accomplished was... Well, it wasn't their exact objective, but what they did accomplish is stopping the Empire from using the planet has, like... A refueling depot. Yes. Yeah. So they now have... Now the the New Republic now has access to this fuel, to this resource-rich planet where they can... They've taken it, like, hold of this planet, basically, and driven the Empire out. So now the Empire and Shadowing are back on the run, which ultimately sort of made part of this mission a failure because they did not neutralize Shadowwing, as was their primary je- objective. Which makes sense because this is going to be a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So we need two more books out of this. So ultimately, we know that, that Shadowwing's probably not going to go down in the next book either. So, right. You know. So we have. Like, all of the bullshit happens. No one understands that. 
Like, yeah. it's very confusing. Or maybe we just don't understand it. No, we're probably stupid. Like, I yeah. also powered through the end of this book so quickly. Um, but it was ultimately, like, the battle scenes in books aren't really my thing anyway. I'm really not there for it. It's not why I'm here. People who read, like, the X-Wing book series back in the Legends timeline, like, were probably eating this shit up and really enjoying it. Well, we've they- gotten a lot of feedback about that. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, this is, like the x-wing shit we've been waiting for yeah 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 yeah. but i'm like it's not that's not my my objective when it comes to reading mm-hmm. star wars books i love seeing that stuff on screen i have a hard time following it in written form so i don't know that's my my personal thing but the last chapter i mean yeah you mentioned everyone lives we go back we're all celebrating Ooh. on on Hera's ship even she's like in the bar like yay that's just fun fussy tauntauns for everyone hell yeah oh i like that i um, saw a picture of one did it look expensive? It looked disgusting. It oh. was like orange and then the amount of fizz at the top. It was like it's like bubble bath fizz. I don't know. It's making like me gas. I can't drink that. Yeah, it doesn't look good. There so was well, no cookie. <laughs> what the fuck, really? Oh, maybe that's just with the blue milk that they do the cookie. Yeah. Well I want a fuck I want a fucky. <laughs> okay. I want a fucky. No, I want to I did a it all for and- the fucky. <laughs> The what the fucky? <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Limp Biscuit comes back. Yep. Makes up. It makes her turn appearance in this fucking show. God damn it. It's perfect. Yep. So the at the very end, there is another chapter about Devon. Mm-hmm. And it turns out over all the bullshit that happens. It turns out that he was the shadowing commander who was like, Erica, don't go back to the Empire. Stay here. The rebellion will pick you up and you go do what you want to do because she confided in him early that, like, originally she wanted to be in the rebellion and then, like, go to flight school. And the Empire is what let her go to flight school. And yeah. he wasn't. She couldn't like, join the rebellion until she graduated from the Imperial Naval Academy, so, so that she could learn how to fly. And then she just basically never defected or never left the Empire, just kind of out of like laziness. It sounds like. Yeah, out of <laughs> yeah. totally laziness. Yeah. which that was totally surprising. And, well, it's also super relatable. It's just like, oh, it's yeah. like when you're in a job you don't love, but you're comfortable and you're well paid, so you just kind of hang out. Yeah, and yeah. it's also surprising that he didn't like tattle on her. Yeah. So anyway, it turns out he was the commander that like left her on the planet where the rebellion found her. Yeah. But that also brings me to the question of also at the very end, uh, so Nath Tencent, like we said, his mission was to kill this woman who they called Grandma, mm-hmm. which he was like, I'm going to kill a grandmother. Hell yeah. Which, just because she was old. <laughs> That's like the only yeah. reason they call her that, which is rude. Let me kill old people. They got gray hair. Ugh. Um... Anyway, he got her files, and then when she finally made it back to Hera's ship, Mm -hmm. uh, Aiden's like, oh, I have your files. I know what you did. But what? What am I missing here? I didn't... This is a part that that I didn't follow either. I didn't follow this either. I think it was maybe, like... I did go back and reread the beginning of the book where she she actually says to New Republic Intelligence, Major Soren Keys died. She tells them that he's dead. She obviously knows he's not, but I don't know how the Empire knows that she knows that he's not. The Empire doesn't know that he's alive. Does she know that he's dead, though? 
She knows that he knowingly left her yeah. so that she could join the rebellion because yeah. that's something that she had wanted to do that he that she told him. Yeah. But they go their separate ways. She doesn't know if he lived or died, but no. she specifically tells them he's dead. So I don't I don't know. I don't know what we I don't know what was new in her personnel file that like Aiden comes to pick her up on on Pandem Nye and be like, I found your personnel file. I know yeah. your shit. And I, I don't know what he knew that was different than what he already knew. Well, it's like he's holding something over her head. And I'm like, well, what the fuck are you holding over her head? No, I still didn't get it. What's different? I don't understand. We might be stupid. Like, maybe we're stupid. It I don't know. Be. Somebody needs to explain it to us. Um, see if you can find a way to email us and not mansplain it to us. Um, good luck to you. <gasps> yeah. I mean, maybe I just don't get it. Like, yeah. that, if that you could don't, be it. I don't either. It was not clear to me. Like, what special piece of information he was holding over her head it was just like oh you like i I don't know i don't know maybe we'll find out in book two fuck i don't know yeah i mean i'm glad that you felt the same way because i just thought i was stupid because i'm not really much of a deep thinker um i thought it was just me but yeah you know i didn't get it i don't know all right so that's the whole plot of Alphabet Squadron. Yeah, that's You're like welcome. An hour and a half to get through. Like, Did it Jesus really? Christ. Yeah, no, I looked at a few minutes ago and it was 103. So Fuck. right now it's at 114. We've um, got a lot to cut out. It's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Before we get into like favorite parts of shit, I need a drink. Drink, Rayfell. Drink, Rayfell. Let's, Let's do it. Kill old people. What? All right, here we go. Your favorite parts. Go for it. Okay. I have several favorite parts. Um, Many of them are just like whenever Hera is speaking because um, obvious. But one of my favorite parts, I think, in this book, and this is something I mentioned on Twitter, and I was talking with um, Travis at Force Cult about it, I think. Will Lark trying to make contact with Shadow Wing on the open comm channel while they're in the, like, orbital cluster or whatever that thing is called. I, like, legit just started sobbing. Like, that part in the book is so good. It's so, so good where he's just like, hey, anyone out there? We've all been, like, flying and battling. We're, like, bored. Do you guys want to chat? And then, like, one of them starts. Like, nobody responds at first. And everyone's like, you're a fucking idiot. Why are you trying to, like, talk to the enemy? And then eventually they actually do come on the comm and they start to talk a little bit. And he, like... I, I don't know. They It's it just like this very, like, it was a very moving part of the book. And then it got, like, it took this weird, subtle turn where it got really fucking creepy and scary, like, in no time at all. It was very, very cool. There were just a lot of emotions. And that part of the book, it's like probably the first, somewhere in the first 30 to 40% of the, of the actual book. And I just loved it. One of my favorite parts, hands down. It was surprising to me. Yeah. Like, it, it was not something I would have ever expected. Yeah. He's just a precious read. baby, and I just love him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel any connection to Will. Oh. Um, my favorite part is, so Erica has this, cur- like, constant, current, internal battle mm-hmm. of, I don't know how to relate with people, because in the Empire, it's it's, everyone is very segregated to themselves and then within that segregation there's like an overarching segregation that's kind of your mission Mm -hmm. or your pod leader 
And then there's another layer. It's so layered that I don't think she understands. And I still, after the end of the book, I don't think she understands how to, like, override the imperial protocol. Yeah. Or Agreed. She doesn't. She still doesn't understand how to be a person. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So my favorite part is when she's talking to the mechanic chick who also does tattoos yeah, and, ra- like, Ragnall, graffiti. I think is her name. Yeah. 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 When she's like, oh, I have an idea. And then she has all of the Alphabet Squadron starfighters, like, custom painted and gets the tattoo and wakes them up at like four in the morning to show them and be like hey we're alphabet squadron i did this for you we're a team now check out my new tat i love it that was my favorite it was cool that part um that was like uh an exclusive like excerpt that i think maybe starwars.com released ahead of the book's release oh so i read it early and really enjoyed it um but it was sort of hard to understand when i read it because i just didn't understand where where the erica character was coming from at that point without having all the other context and so getting to see it in context in the book after reading the the excerpt was very cool yeah yeah i mean she still has the issue she tries really hard but it doesn't click with her she's like okay I'm doing this because I know I should feel like I need to be doing this it's not like it's not a natural reflex yet yeah and she sort of learns in the book to kind of accept that her squadron isn't gonna they're not imperials they're not gonna follow the protocol that she's used to following and she learns to accept that and she can still be herself within her squadron and let them be themselves. And it's it's just very cool. So that's there is like a lesson learned in the story and with the character. And it's it's just it's very cool. I agree. That's a cool part. I like it. So now we have a lot of listener emails, tweets, thoughts, Instagrams. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? Instagram messages. Instagram sure. messages. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I don't know how to use Instagram still. I gave up. Yeah. If you're talking to us on Instagram, you're talking to me. Alice doesn't get it yet. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're talking to Laura exclusively because it's confusing to me. Um, so our first is we got an email from Eric and he is of the Living Force podcast. We met him at Trivia. Yeah. Our fellow Chicagoan. Yeah. So that was like really cool. And he says, Alphabet Squadron is possibly one of my favorite canon novels. I've rarely been so obsessed with every member of a team and the way that Freed writes the evolution of character relationships reminds me of both Claudia Gray and Chuck Wendig's Aftermath series. Will Lark is without a doubt my favorite new character in years and the emotional stakes of the book only increase with each chapter and I'm beyond excited that we get two more books with this incredible team. Have a great show, Eric. Uh, yay. Thanks, Eric. Uh, I, I love it. I'm glad that uh, somebody else is on my team with Will Lark. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I don't know if he's my favorite character in the book, but he's definitely, I do love him. And if he, if anything even like remotely negative happens to him, I will like fucking die. So I need, I need him to be okay always. Yeah, I don't really care about him much, so whatever. <laughs> Was there any of the characters that you, like, related to? No. No? None of the five? No. Interesting. Okay. I, I don't feel like I relate Sorry to if a question comes up but, later and I just asked it. <laughs> but, but this does go on exactly what we were talking about earlier, where 
those little interludes were very Chuck Wendig like. Yeah, they were. They were they very much were. But yeah, in a much more like control used in a much more controlled way, yes. which I appreciated. Much more judicious. Yeah. With purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like so, it. So yeah, sweet. Well, thanks for the thought. Yeah, That's thanks, awesome. Eric. So our next message was a Twitter message we received from WSTR Media, um, which really didn't have a question, but just a message we thought we'd share. Just finished Alphabet Squadron, a little slow in the beginning, but definitely a callback to the amazing X-Wing series. Again, that was from the Legends, part of Star Wars storytelling. Really enjoyed the Battlefront 2 and Rebels tie-ins, but didn't push more into the current time frame. Love the surprise turn at the end. Sets it up for more. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so for me, I didn't think it was slow at the beginning at all. But again, I went in with zero expectations. Yeah. And to me, like, the battles, just like you said, aren't what I'm in it for. Yeah. So I thought it was overall really interesting. As far as Battlefront 2 tie-ins, Operation Sender. Mm -hmm. That's where we first learned about that, right, was in Battlefront 2. Yeah, so hearing it again here is, you know... I knew what they were talking about. It yeah. wasn't just like a oh Operation Cinder, herp derp. Yeah. Um, but there was that, and then I thought the other interesting thing when you think about it compared to Battlefront Two, and I had read like a article or a tweet on it earlier, is that the main characters there, so Iden Versio and then her pal Dell, mm-hmm. they were accepted immediately into the rebellion they defected like at the end of the battle of endor or before that uh when operation sender happened okay that's what like that's what that's why they left yeah got it yeah so they were the interesting thing is that they were accepted immediately like no questions asked leia talked to them on the holocaust come yeah whatever i didn't had her imperial probe droid like repainted a la sabine wren really um to be you know like yellow and white and like pretty colors and shit yeah and it's interesting to me that they were just like so easily accepted then yeah and then erica is just like on thin ice constantly like the entire book so there's yeah. no like aiden character in battlefront 2 being like nah bitch yeah, so yeah. are there any other, like, besides what we've already talked about, are there any other Rebels tie-ins that you've noticed? Um, I mean, I always kind of think of the B-Wing as, like, a Rebels tie-in, and they sort of reference that, where Hera's like, oh, yeah, I flew, I, she doesn't specifically say it, but she's like, yeah, I remember the B-Wing, good times. Um, and there's, I mean, there's a little bit of reference where she, you're you're in her head a lot, and she talks about how she, like, misses her family and wishes they were on the crew with on the ship with her and she never specifically says who there's no mention of Ezra or anything in this book um but yeah there's a couple just having Hera in the book actually is is kind of nice I could sort of go into like an entire TED talk of like whether or not her portrayal in this book is successful and where where it wins and loses I'm not gonna do that because I I actually might like write something up on it um, I've been thinking about like putting something together, which is like so stupid, but I might do it anyway. It's a Laura talk. It's a Laura talk um, it, that that Alice doesn't care about, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's 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 just a little bit of like reference to things here and there. At one point, they mes- mention Lasan, um, the planet Lasan, where Zeb is from. He's not mentioned in any other mm-hmm. in any other aspect of this. But yeah, there's a couple of little references to like, you know, how Hera liberated Lothal and. 
and things like that, which I appreciated. You don't need to have watched Star Wars Rebels to appreciate this book or have any extra insight into this character. They sort of cover all the basics. Um, so if you are a hardcore Hera fan, I don't, you know, I don't know if this book's going to do anything for you. It didn't really do much for me. But in that aspect of my fandom, um, if you aren't a Star Wars Rebels fan, that shouldn't deter you from reading this because this is still a very good book. No, like I said, I'm not like a huge Rebels fan, but I really appreciated how Hera was done from my from my perspective. And I think most people are. I think most people's feedback is probably really good. If you're like a if you're Hera obsessed like I am, you may be in a different boat. But for the most part, I and even for me, for the most part she was very well done. I just have specific nits where I think she wasn't. Fair enough. But our next question is from our friend Josh at Jammed Transmissions. The their uh, their podcast Twitter handle is JT Comlink. Do you want to read this next one? All right. Uh, how were your reactions to the series being a companion project to Marvel Comics? Have you been reading them? If so, what are your thoughts on TIE Fighter? I'm personally loving the no-Jedi dynamic at the latest novels. Erica reactions? Cheers, ladies. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have not read any of the TIE Fighter series. Mm-mm. At this point, I think there are only two of them out. There are five. They're gonna, oh, three of them. There are five companion comics that Marvel's doing to this novel that are called the, the TIE Fighter series. They're basically all about Shadowing and from Shadowing's point of view. I read the first one. Um, I don't remember anything about it, and I may not have even finished it. Comics aren't really my medium of choice. Before I read this book, I would have had absolutely no interest in continuing reading them. I think now that I've read it, I might actually continue reading the five, mm-hmm. the series of five. I might go. I think it might be more interesting to me now that I've read the book, personally. But I'll I'll keep you posted. I don't actually. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. I haven't read any of them. Yeah, I never really cared to and. Um, I'm curious now, though, because a lot of the questions we have been getting involve that series. Oh, really? <laughs> Shit, yep. we have to read it now. Um, so what? the other part of, of Josh's, question, Josh's question is personally loving the no Jedi dynamic. What are your thoughts on having no Force users in this book? I love the Jedi. I do, too. I do, too. I don't like that Give they're not in it. Give me more Jedi love. Yeah. Obi-Wan. Yeah. There's like some references to Skywalker, or specifically to Luke Skywalker in this book. Just mentioned that he's not, he doesn't make any appearances in this. But that that component of it's sort of interesting. I I love having books and more mythology and more content about Jedi. So I don't totally love that this book excludes that. But this isn't the. I would have a hard time fitting that into this book. There's not a lot of room for it. There's a lot of other stuff happening mm-hmm. <laughs> in this story. Um, we sort of have already talked about our, our thoughts on Erica Quell. Do you have any other thoughts? Um, I just think we're going to see her open up a lot more in the next two books. Yeah. I think we're very much on a journey with her. And it's our... going to take her a while because yeah. she didn't really open up at all. Even though she did that whole thing with a tattoo and having the squadron starfighters branded. Yeah. I think that was just like, oh, what can I do? I need to think of something. I don't think it had, like, a deep-down level with yeah. her. That it was like, oh, here's an idea. I can try this. Yeah. Because I've seen other people do it, and it seemed to work. I have a question for you on Erica. 
Do you okay. think she's going to survive this series? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Do you, you know? think all the members of Alphabet Squadron are going to survive this series? Well, Chas, based off what they have implied about like her just being... She has a death wish. She's Hardcore. Like, she has a kamikaze. Yeah. Chas might not... Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if, like, she tries some shit again and Nat Tenzent is the one to save her. Okay. Or to, like, go in the way of fire. Because he's old. Yeah. Or, to me, he seems like he's old. He's a little older. He's probably got 10 years on Erica. Yeah. 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 In comparison, he's old. But yeah. I think if anyone's going to, like, go first, it's going to be, like, him regaining this anger that we've had hints of. From his squadron, like, going boom. These sort of hints of the vengeance that he may or may not be seeking. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll do it. Although he's a sneaky little fuck because he was doing that side mission for Aiden. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Aiden will sacrifice himself in some way. Yeah. Who knows? Do you think Kara's going to survive this series? <laughs> Hell yeah. No questions asked. Because I sort one. of... I question that a little bit, maybe. Do if you? this is how... If this is how she goes down. And if I have to fucking read that in a book, I'm going to be so angry. Yeah, you're being silly. That's not going to happen. I, it better not. It I mean, better not. Moms in Star Wars usually die. Yeah, they do. But I think Hera's going to be fun. Is that how they're getting around it? Because they don't mention that she's a mom. <laughs> no. No, he's probably hanging out with Chopper in the like cool baby nursery. I need Chopper back. We'll see him. We'll do it. We'll do it. Back. <laughs> All right, next up is a voicemail from our friend Anthony at a rural farm boy. How do, Miss Alice, Miss Laura, you and Sports Post girls? Yep, it's Anthony, rural farm boy. We're talking Alphabet Squadron. And didn't Alexander Freed just go and drop a Star Fortress load of proton bombs on us with this story? Because before we got it, folks, we only knew about it, and folks was saying Alphabet Squadron. Well, ain't no talk like that now. Not after we got told this. And weren't it just a few years back, year or two, folks was asking about, could maybe we get a story about fighter pilots in that galaxy far, far away? Well, (laughs) we was surely given. Things about this story that stood out to me. Oh, Nath Tenson and Will Lark. Really liked those characters. I'm not sure what it was about Nath that stood out to me. Uh, maybe his little bit of grizzled and not exactly adhering to not sure what it was, but I really liked that character. And the surprise that he did at the end. Damn. And I only got one question about this story is, when's book two? Because I want that story. And I'd love to go back and give it a re-listen, but my playlist is always so full of good, great Star Wars shows. But... A lot of them's already talked about it so much that I've been in my playlist that I feels like I listened to it twice. So let's see what other folks got to say on Forest Toast. And I'll look for you in my playlist on Tuesday. Until then, love you girls. 
See you in my playlist. May the force be with you. See you on the radio. Oh, thanks, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony's the best. He he is probably one of the biggest supporters of Star Wars podcasting, and he is a an amazing human being just for that alone. And a wonderful trivia master, and also happy belated birthday of month and a change backwards to his daughter abigail yes happy belated birthday abigail <laughs> um so yeah and uh, we're recording this june 22nd remind uh, people of that again <laughs> um so yeah so he was talking about um nath and i think he was making a reference to nath assassinating that one imperial um the grandma grandmother was her nickname which was yeah definitely a little bit of a surprise i think that that was very cool um, but he totally left Will hanging. I still, like, I don't understand why everyone loves Will, because I don't care about him. Really? I think it's just because he's so young and, like, precious and naive and, like, peaceful, comes from this peaceful planet, and he, like, just wants to go home and, like... Precious and naive yeah. in a war is a death wish. Yeah. I'm like, Sorry. well, that's my whole thing with this, is I just think that, like, with these five characters, I'm like, y'all better put your Game of Thrones pants on, because... I wouldn't get attached to any of these people. I just have a feeling at least we're going to lose at least two of them, I feel like, by the end of this. But maybe I'm wrong. I, I like know. that. Put your Game of Thrones pants on. <laughs> Genius. That's the rule. Like, um, don't get attached to these people. Yeah. Nath, I don't know. He seems like a sneaky Dickens to me. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I feel like he's, I mean, he's talked about how he's like, er, like he's already tried to kill Erica. He will totally t- take over the squadron. If, like, if she tries to come at him for any reason, like, he'll take her out. Like, I don't know. He just, like, hasn't really bonded with her yet. Or really none of them have. Yeah. I feel like he's going to have the first redemption arc and sacrifice himself for the group. Yeah. Um, But the actual question was when's book two? Del Rey never tells the truth about books, but based off of the other books, I would say... <laughs> They're definitely going to send you advanced copies now. Del Rey, thanks for sending me advanced copies. Not. Yeah. I haven't heard from them in two months. Well, they anyway. also are like, they don't... I mean, they, they give us these release dates and then they change them and don't tell anyone. Yeah. So it's like, we, we I wish I could tell you when book well, two is coming out, but not even they can tell you when book two is coming out. So, so there. Thrawn has been very consistent, and that's in July of okay. every year. Okay. Um, the Aftermath series, I think it was less than 12 months. Okay. Uh, but let's say June 2020. Yeah, that's probably a good estimate that we'll, it'll be sometime next put a year. Gander out there. Yeah. So by the time we're at Celebration next year, we'll have Red Book 2. So that's kind of cool. Holler. I need more Hera in Book 2. Maybe we can have her. Or maybe we won't have her at all. What would be worse? Not having her at all would be worse. Okay. 100%. We got another email from our friend John. He is Tully Slim on Twitter. Hello there. I'm a fairly new listener, and I love listening to you ladies nerd out. Take a shot for me. Uh, done and done. I'm so far behind on all of these Star Wars books, so I haven't picked up Alphabet Squadron yet, but I have read Freed's Twilight Company. Oh, shit. Alexander Freed also wrote Twilight Company. We didn't mention that. Good to know. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tully Slim. How would you say the books compare? And most importantly, are there cool as fuck space battles? And a side question, what kind of fighter would you want to fly and why? Cheers and happy landings, John. When you sent me this question, I immediately downloaded <laughs> Twilight Squadron. Twilight Squadron. <laughs> okay. Because I'm out of books to read except for finishing Tarkin, which is taking me fucking forever. 
Um, so anyway, I didn't get more than like a few pages into it. So sorry, we can't answer that question because we haven't read the squadron books otherwise. But as far as the space battles, I would say, uh They're very long. If you're into space battles, you would probably eat this shit up because it's so long. But they're slow. They're it's just a little slow for me. I don't know. Do you I, uh... consider a space battle to be actually in space, or do you also consider ones that are within planets? Well, yeah, this one's like in the battles. atmosphere of this planet, so I would consider it's just yeah, it's like a battle among starfighters is probably okay. Space battle is probably too specific of a term just battle in general uh sorry we can't really answer you john i know sorry Um, john we suck um that's i haven't read that book either so i don't know how it compares but i do think that this book is superior to many of the others there are a lot of canon novels and i do think that this this is one of my favorites personally yes uh but we can answer your other question and we probably have the same answer is what kind of fighter would you want to fly and why x because they're fucking awesome (laughs) I don't know. I don't have a better answer Ditto. than that. Yeah. Yeah. X-Wing, they move fast. You've got a good range of visibility from like the cockpit shields. Mm-hmm. And you get a fucking droid in the back to chit chat with. Hell yeah. Fuck that's, yeah. Yeah. That's all I care about. Um, Yeah. The B-Wings are just a little bit too out there for me. And the A-Wings are fucking garbage. So, or at least that's my personal opinion. Yeah, and U-Wing just sounds boring. They're just so big. They're so big. And then you've got passengers in the back, and then I'm like, what am I supposed to, like, fucking entertain you? Like, can you just handle yourself back there? Like, I don't need people. What's the other one? Is it (laughs) K-Wing? What did we miss? (laughs) I haven't heard of a K-Wing, but what did did we miss? We missed... Nath Tencent's. He's a Y-Wing. Y-Wing. Yeah. Okay, that also sounds boring as well. We should make... K-Wing's a thing. K-Wing. Hashtag K-Wing. K-Wing. Like Kentucky fried chicken wings. Yes. A Kentucky hut wing. All right. And now we have an email from Johnny of my Star Wars life debt. Loving Alphabet Squadron. Such an amazing book. My question for you guys is out of the five pilots, who would you pick? Only one. As your wingman slash woman. Keep up the great work. Cheers, Johnny. Kairos all the way. No hesitation at all. Same. She's a badass. She can kill a bitch like there's no tomorrow. Gives zero fucks and is clearly good at flying. I want to climb her like a tree. I want to just hang on like a, like a sloth. I want to just ride her around. She mine. I'm just going to hold on to her and she's just going to feed me grapes. And that's just <laughs> me and Kairos. Fair Ky- enough. Me and Kairos. Fair enough. I love her. All right. Now we have a voicemail from our buddy Rick twice in a row. Rick Villanueva on Twitter. Cad Bane's Bounty. Here we go. Hey, Laura. Hey, Alice. It's it's Rick, your space neighbor. Um, So let's talk about Alphabet Squadron for a sec. First, as a quick review, I want to say that I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, But it's not without its criticisms, as most books are or media are. Um, um, I need to go back and reread this, uh, this book to see if I can pick up on a lot of those details. But once Hera comes in, this book really picks up, it ramps up, and it does not stop until the end, and I really enjoyed it. So I do have a couple of questions for you. Uh, first, let's talk about the character of Kairos and her silent ways. Uh, what do you guys see for her in books two and three? Um, it's something that uh, I want to see explored more. She needs a little bit more interaction, I think, with the rest of the group, and maybe we'll see some 
bits of her start to open up. Her little history was very vague. It was in drawings. Um, so we can interpret that how we will. I did enjoy uh, her in the book, though. Uh, my next question is, are you guys reading the TIE Fighter comic book? Um, as of recording, issue three just came out. And having finished Alpha Squad, this book, this, these comics have... Um, taken on a whole new importance for me mm -hmm. um, trying to figure out you know who's relevant in, in the in the comic book series kind of knowing where this thing's going to end up uh, in the first novel and um, I don't want to give any spoilers out for the comic book but it really this book really grabbed me uh, Jody Hauser really knocked it out of the park with uh, with issue three so again I don't want to give any spoilers away but I do recommend that you read it in light of the events so we know that happened uh, at the end of the book so I'll leave you guys to it. I look forward to hearing what you have to say. I will save you a seat at the bar. May the force be with you. Oh, that's so cute. That's a really nice message. Save a seat at the bar. I love Rick. <laughs> Rick that's rocks. Rick rocks. <laughs> Rick roll. Rick rocks. Rick rolls and rocks. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I talked about hair coming in in the second half. Uh, totally relatable. That's pretty much what I was in this book for from the start. And part of why the book was a little slow for me to begin to... Um, Alice and I, we, I guess we both kind of talked about that. But the we, let's see, character of Kairos, her silent ways. What do we think is going to come for her in books two and three? I think it is going to be confirmed that she's a fucking Tuscan Raider. Yeah, the um, I I, I'm still kind of thinking that's my best theory for her. I really don't have anything else. I I just think that would be kind of an interesting twist or something. But like, honest, I love the theory. I yeah. love it. Once you put it in my head, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Oh, and I know that they can speak. And she only spoke. Was the only time she spoke was to Will when they were on that cliff? There's a part where Erica thinks that she hears her say something to her. It's when she like, right when Erica's about to go steal the X-Wing, she like, I think Kairos catches her in the act and like tries to knock her out. And Erica's like, no, let me explain. I'm I'm doing this for the greater good. And then she was, and like, basically, Kairos walks away, and she's like, don't fuck it up. And Erica's like, oh, did she just speak? But she's like, not sure if she imagined it or not, because yeah. she was like concussed or whatever. Yeah, because in the Kenobi book, the Sand People they have like a pipe in their mouth, like hmm. a metal pipe that okay. they kind of speak through, and that's. Like, sometimes when you look at them, their faces are so bandaged, but there's, like, a metal pipe poking out. Yeah. And, like, that is how they speak. But her mask doesn't look like that. No, she has, like, a visor that she can see through, but that's allegedly the only sort of, I don't know, the yeah. only viewport. Yeah, and I was also wonder wondering if maybe she's a character, like, you know the character, the bounty hunter that Leia plays in Return of the Jedi? Bausch. Bausch yeah. or Boosh. I've heard it both ways. Okay. Anyway, I'm wondering if, like, that was an actual species. Oh, uh, okay. maybe it's that. Okay. Yeah, maybe. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, we must see more of her and must know what her deal is. But just the fact that they made a big deal of, like, wrappings, that makes me think of Tuscan Raiders. But yeah. that again, that's only because of Kenobi, which is not legend or which is legends. Yeah. So my prediction with Kairos is that I here's my thing. I think we're not gonna get hardly any new information about her in book two. I think it's gonna be very much like keeping it 
uh, you know, downplayed and mysterious in book two. And then maybe in book three, we get the actual reveal of what she is, whether that's a Tuscan Raider or something else. I like it. Yeah. That's a theory I've got. And then our last question, and I really enjoyed this one from Travis at Force Cult. Um, We were guests on his show a while back. Yeah, good times. Hello, Travis. Nice to hear from you. So fun. Uh, The question is, what earth music did you hear in your head when it made references to Chassa's playlists? This is a fucking fantastic question, and I do not have a good answer to it, but I think you probably do. I do. So So do you want me to go first or second because my answer sucks? (laughs) Uh, What was the thing that people used to say when they were kids to, like, not be sore or to be sore losers? Like, first is the worst, second is the best? Sure. So you go first. Okay. Okay. So I really honestly didn't think about it. Like part of me kind of thought of the um, like a lot of heavy percussion music, I guess. I don't know. I really didn't have any kind of like specific artists or songs that I was thinking of with the exception of when she was sort of talking about some of the more bizarre alien otherworldly genres of music. I thought of Bjork. <laughs> No, I wrote Bjork. No, really? Yes. <laughs> you fuck. That's all I had was just, she. I thought you would have good answers for like, well, she's listening to like rock and pop songs and I thought that you would have better answers to that. I have no answers to that. No, I was thinking Bjork because I was singing that song Hyper Ballad. Oh, I don't it's know like, any specific songs. When she lives on a mountain. I have to cut this out. Well, no, actually, leave it I in. I love it. I love it. I don't know any um, Bjork songs, so for all I know, you're fucking nailing it. So in the very final battle, uh, Chas is really into her music, and she has this whole box of, like, cassette tapes, essentially. And she's like, well, who do I leave my cassette tapes to? Oh, if she dies at the Battle of Pandem Nye, she's like, I need to leave this information to somebody or all of these little, like, these little, like, sticks for somebody and she can't figure out who who to leave them to so she leaves them to Hera which I love she starts to write Hera's name on it so and part of it the music she starts getting is is like really like heavy angry rock and then like all of her systems go down and when she puts it up it's or when she puts it back up it's like this weird poppy happy type shit Uh but not so for the um Hard music. Let's see. I was thinking 90s chick grunge, like Hole or L7. Okay. And an example of Hole would be... Anyway, whole baby doll is Checks what out. I was thinking. Yeah, okay. So, like, original whole or, again, L7 is even angrier. Really? Like grunge chick, rock? chick rock? Okay. Yeah. I was thinking grunge chick rock. And then for, like, her happy music, I was also thinking Bjork. Specifically, <laughs> Hyper Ballad. what i was trying to sing earlier i I still think you nailed it personally thank you i just want to get to the chorus real quick though 
I'll edit this, however work. Okay. So for rock, I couldn't think of anything because she does mention like playing sort of rock music and I couldn't think of anything that had like a voice in it because so much of it struck me as like being purely instrumental. So the only thing that kind of came to me is like that first Sum 41 CD, All Killer, No Filler. There's one instrumental song on it called Pain for Pleasure. I think it's the last track on the CD and this is kind of how that, this is how that sounds. Like I'd fly to this, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of builds, you know? I dig it. Perfect. Yeah. I guess that, like, she's getting on. She's like, what am I going to blow out? Fucking, there goes the S-foils. Spin, spin, spin. Pew, pew, pew. fly to that shit you know that was fun i know that was such a good question thank you travis (laughs) i like that a lot shit's awesome all right well we're done with alphabet squadron talk and now it's for our normal shit again yeah man uh i don't know if we can top that no that was like that was awesome I'm like, we should just fucking end this now. <laughs> I know. Should we still do trivia? I don't, I truly, I don't have anything. And this episode is already right. so long and I did not write any, but I can totally pull up like pilot themed questions if I have to, but I just, we need to pause I so I can do it. Let's just skip trivia okay. for this one. Let's do it. It's a okay. special episode that's back to the future. And yeah, man. Future to the back. Yep. Future to the back. Future to the back. I get it. That's all, that's how this it's a new is. Thing. What to expect from our next episode is uh, that will be episode 16 released in August. And we have no idea because we're recording this too far out. I don't know. Yeah. It's a month and a half away. Almost two months away. I don't know what I'm eating for breakfast tomorrow. Fuck. I don't Maybe know. August. I don't know what I'm eating for dinner tonight. Nope. Me either. Probably Indian again. Yeah. I like eating Indian after recording. You eat a lot of Indian after we record. I get it. It's cool. Just because I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So it comes out on August 13th. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Yeah. And also because this is in advance, our toast too. Um, we have to toast to something that might be happening at the end of July, which for us will both be a return from travel. Yes. Returning from travel. Hopefully my Japan trip is fun. Hopefully my first Comic-Con is fun. I'm excited. Well, there are a lot of a lot of you guys, yeah, listeners who will be there. So say hi to Laura. I'm going to be in Japan. There will not be a lot of you listeners in Japan. We know that there are not a lot of listeners of our show in Japan. So. I've never seen on the map listeners in Japan. Yeah, so. we've got I mean we have some I think in Asia, just none in Japan. Correct. That's okay. That's fine. Mhm. Yeah, so hopefully our travels are fun, and that is our toast to a month and a half early. Yeah, safe travels to both of us. Bon voyage. Bon voyage, indeed. Mm-hmm. Clink.
Cheers. Can we do an air cheers? Yeah, air cheers. Kink. Kink. Okay, good job. Mm-hmm. Sweet. All right. And uh, that's all we have for this Back to the Future, Future to the Back episode. So congratulations. You made it to the end and are picking up what we're putting down. So anyway, if you like it or if you're actually picking it up, then rate us on iTunes and spread the news. Or if you don't feel like it, then don't. Yeah, just fuck off. I don't care. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at ForcedToastPod or email us at ForcedToastPod at gmail.com. And if you're already subscribed, then I don't know what the fuck. Subscribe to Forced Toast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and or Podbean. And shit, whatever. We might have a website out by now. Hopefully. We'll see. Yep. I don't know. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Shit, we might have a website out by then. <laughs> we might. Oh, we fucking better. It's like pretty much there. We could. We're close. Yeah. I just have to organize the... Uh... Alright, Alexa, I hate to do this, but pause Taylor Swift. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure. So, Erica's trying to get used to flying a Y... Oh my god, fuck me. Just like... Light. <laughs> trying to hit the closet light to give more light. But... Do you want to just say Alexa? Oh, damn, girl. Ow. Okay, I'm old. I just Sorry. want to give a little more light. I guess I could I just woke her up. Did she go Sorry, back to bed? I'm not sure. Okay. Do that high kick again. I can't. You know how much that hurt? Do my... <laughs> no, don't do it if it hurts. Don't do it if it hurts. Yeah, I'm not going to do it again. But it was cool. You looked like a Power Ninja? Ranger. You looked like a Power Ranger. Power Rangers. I like that. <laughs> Yay! Let there be light. Yeah. Okay. 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 I booped my head. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> Boop. Hi, Wednesday. Yeah. At a rural form. Rural. He is telly. Oh, fuck me. Do you want me to see it? You read it. I can't do it. <laughs> what to expect for our nep. Our nep. Our nep. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Sponkers. Sponker. <laughs> sponker us, everyone. Mm, sponker me harder. Sponk. Uh, I love your spunk. What? Uh, sponsor us, everyone. This got gross. Sorry. Uh,